Uh, hope everyone had a good weekend. Uh, all is still calm on the homeward front, it seems. Uh, uneventful weekend, largely, which is exactly how we needed it to go. Uh, going into this week, I think it's a awesome week. I, I think this week we are going to see tides continue to keep shifting. Um, significantly in our favor, I, I, I hypothesize. Um, but before I trip over my tongue too much, let's uh, give myself a reason to and uh, get into it. So, Ambassador Bridge is now open. I think categorically that is a win. Uh, I, I, Coots was its own thing. Uh, I, I think it's still actually being kind of messed with a bit. So, it will stay in its own, own thing category. Um, however, when you get to Blue Water Bridge, Ambassador Bridge, Mass... I mean, not to say Coots is not a huge trading route, but uh, when you start interrupting Ontario's, the, the, the central hub of Canadian economics, um, it doesn't go unanswered, unfortunately. Um, I think the guys that did it, the guys and girls that, that did it, uh, all the power to you. Uh, good job on keeping it peaceful. You you certainly got a very important point across. Uh, people are not to be underestimated. However, I think I am glad. Not think I I am glad that de-escalated without without mass incident. And uh, you did get a, a very valid point across. So we will see if they take the threat. I guess of of continued interruption uh, seriously enough to behind closed doors, listen to the things we're trying to say. Um, certainly, they've all shown their hand that they will not outwardly listen to discussion and counter-opinion, but that doesn't mean in private they won't reflect on it and won't modify what they're doing in response. They just simply won't give it a win to the truckers, despite the fact we all know it's the truckers. Um, so no, it's a good thing the Ambassador Bridge and Blue Water Bridge are now flowing. It's a really good thing it seems to have happened without incident. Anyone else watching Ottawa? Now, now I, I don't want to get confused, because I do respect the fact that we need to leave these borders open. I do also deeply respect those, those gentlemen and ladies in coots that uh, really got stuff done by closing it. Um, but make no mistake, I said from the start that it was a bold move, um, and it, it had a lot of potential consequences if it went south. Um, it's definitely not a tactic I think should be repeated over and over, because every time, it, every time you get away with it, you're incentivizing them to deal with it quicker. Because um, the longer and more number of these situations they have, uh, they're soon going to have to send a message. And I don't want that to be at our expense. Um, as for Ottawa, though, very different. I don't care how many politicians, news anchors, talking heads have to call what's happening in Ottawa an occupation, terrorist, unlawful, whatever. I don't care what, how many times you want to mislabel it, whatever. Saying it doesn't make it so. Um, I'm a parent. I'm rational. If... Without even question. Honking beyond hours? Yeah, no, I, I was on board with having that stopped. I think any reasonable protester there too, the minute you kind of put it into reference, yeah, they'll all click. It, it makes sense. I wouldn't want my kids being kept awake either. 
Um, and for the most part, outside of the weekends, it looks like it's been respected. Uh, definitely disrespected through the weekend, but you can't control everyone. Um, definitely going to be a little bit uncomfortable. But then again, protests by default are a little uncomfortable. So it's kind of goes with the territory of living in the city capital. Um, any any major metro area, you're going to run the risk of occasionally having to deal with that stuff. Uh, little inside baseball. It looks like, well, no, we know tomorrow, Dougie Boy, Pillsbury Doug Boy, is going to make an announcement outlining his exit plan. I'm still struggling to comprehend the fact that they were able to put this quote-unquote plan in place, uh, restrict people, lock people down, seize emergency power, and never have to draft an exit plan. Um, the fact that an exit plan itself is simply reactionary to the, the civil pushback that they've rightfully got is kind of kind of scary and disgusting all at once. Um, but it does look, I'm recording this Super Bowl Sunday, uh, so it looks like tomorrow they will be announcing their plan. Um, from the inside baseball I have, um, it looks to be that he will likely be announcing a about a month in the future they will remove vaccine passports and masks seemingly approximately the same time. Um, certainly I think that is too slow. Um, I think maybe for the masks. Um, I'm a balanced person. I, I not on board with the masks, and quite frankly, I, I won't be doing it anyway. Um, but I'm not. I'm not so unbalanced. I'm not so biased that I can't recognize that there are absolutely terrified people. There are people in our society that think that removing the masks is going to result in murdering people. Um, so obviously, you can't quite rip that bandaid off. Um, Certainly, there there might be some credence to to lend to that direction, um, but however, from a from a policy standpoint, you've got a not small fringe that genuinely are stuck to this narrative that you're going to kill people if you get rid of these masks. So no, I don't think anyone outside of maybe Alberta and even Alberta they had a heck of a lot of pushback they're dealing with still. Um, you can't quite just do that and and not rock the boat beyond tolerance. So I think, as far as vaccine passports, I think it's the stupidest shit ever, and uh, forgive my, my language, but this is something that deeply affects me. I can't go to hockey. I can't go to the gym. I can't go to a restaurant. Um, and none of it's founded in science. First off, I have natural immunity, which counts for absolutely nothing in Canada. Um, but second of all, we know firsthand the, the passport system has not stopped anything. It has done absolutely no benefit and continues to keep causing harm. So, and, and the doctors admit it now. Tam has said it. Dr. Moore in Ontario has said it. All the prominent health officials are saying the same thing. So at this point, any continuance of the passport system, uh, God forbid the man speaks it out of his mouth and says we're doing it for another month. Um, it's the most asinine thing you could possibly do. Um, to extend it more than a minute longer than it ever should have been is, in my eyes, almost criminal. Um, you're, you're segregating people, and you're doing it under the guise of, 
of health and science, but we're, the science never supported it. But now we're at a point where it it con- it completely contradicts it. So it was one thing to not have support, but have a hypothesis. Now we have conclusive evidence that it does not do what they hope it to. So, so implementing it is strictly prejudicial and punitive to anyone that didn't follow your dogma. Um, we get back to religion. It's you're the the sacrilegious group of people who commit blasphemy, who don't take their their Eucharist. They don't. They're not on the in crowd, so they will be segregated and shamed and and locked out of society. Uh, it's something that has impacted me for two years now, and. I'm getting pretty damn tired of it. Uh, as you can see, I'm not the only one. I'm I'm part of a very fringe minority, as the media would call it. But uh, nonetheless, as angry as I am about the timeline and as angry as I am about him dragging his knuckles, uh, we are getting progress. It's not the speed I'd like, but to finally have a mapped out plan. And you can bet one thing. If he fails to stick to any timelines at this point, civil unrest is inevitable. Uh, I, I don't encourage violence, but I do not see him being able to kick the can any further without civil impact. And I don't necessarily mean violence, but you're going to see, myself included, parked on a street in Toronto if I have to. Uh, I am I am at the point of just about snapping. Um, we've got to get back to normal and stop hurting people. We've got to stop screwing with people's livelihoods and freedoms. Uh, and, and you know what? If I am attempt to be middle ground, if you are afraid and you want six extra feet around me, that's fine. You wear your mask and I will give you six extra feet. Hell, I'll give you 25 feet if you want. You just put your mask on so I know who it is and I will keep far away. And I don't mean that in a condescending sense. If you're genuinely afraid or legitimately at risk, take precautions that you see fit. And if you seem uncomfortable, people will leave you alone. I'm not, I'm not going in for hugs with total strangers for no reason. Um, so we need to get back to a point in society where not everyone with a naked face is a murderer. Uh, and it's, it's not common for people to be like, papers please. I cannot wait to get out of this, and then I cannot wait to fulfill my role to prevent revisionist history. Uh, we've seen all too often, anyone that, that spends any time in history understands that the, the editing that happens, the soft editing and the hard editing that happens over time, and, and people kind of shy away from talking about the ugly truth, I will go to my grave defending the facts of what happened over all of this. I will not let people abdicate their own guilt in this. I will not pe- let people downplay the impacts this had. And truthfully, as studies progress and we see the developmental problems and the long-term ripples of all this, it's going to age horribly. Um, but I will certainly not be the one to let it kind of soften. Uh, I will. I will make sure that <laughs> up until my 80s, I will make sure the colors on that proverbial picture are as bright as can be. This thing has not faded, and people do not forget how gross society allowed itself to get. 
Uh, I hope, I hope this is the worst societal behavior of my lifetime. I hope that we prevent ourselves from getting this far ever again. Um, but we're not quite there. I have talked about this several times. Uh, we're still in the grace phase. Uh, we need, we need to let people have grace and room to change their mind. But <laughs> when the chips fall and we've started counting tallies, that's when things change. And uh, it's not, it's not going to end favorably if you think you can kind of explain your way out of your own behavior. Uh, I, <laughs> I have lost family and friends over all this, uh, and I certainly will welcome them back, but I'm not going to pacify their guilt. I'm not going to make it easy for them to justify how they've been. If you have been a terrible person, yeah, that's fine. We can forgive, we can move on, but we will not pretend that you were not a terrible person. I don't care how much you justify to yourself that, oh, I was just doing it for my community or for society or the greater good. All of those pretenses are just excuses to explain away your your vapid lack of morals and character and common sense. Uh, so we are heading in that direction. We're going to get, I reckon by the summer, we're going to have a, a nice chance to kind of have a campfire, roast some s'mores, have some hot dogs, and really talk about how shitty some of the, my friends have been and, and people as a whole. Uh, and hopefully we can do that from a place of honestly love. And it sounds weird because I am heated and I do want people to understand how, how bad they screwed up, but I don't want to do it out of shame. I want to do it so we never do this again. I want people to understand what happened, how complacency let it get as bad as it did, and the false pretenses of emergency, society, greater good, like all of these these methods of kind of hiding the malevolence behind it, where you don't question if, if people say, oh, it's for the greater good or social... It's your social responsibility. You don't question how it could possibly not be that because the title says it. If, if it's called social good, like it has to be good, right? No. Uh, we, need, we need to reckon with the, the tactics and, and the, the blindness that kind of came over people so that we can never do this again. Uh, it's, that is, to me, the most important thing now is we, we've effectively beat this, uh, both medically and politically. Uh, I, I reckon Justin Trudeau, it would be a liberal smart move to swap him out ASAP. Uh, let the chips fall where they may. Let, let him deal with the last bit of the fallout. And once mandates are gone, everything's effectively back to normal. That's when you knock him out. Let him take the last hits that are still coming. And then, politically, he needs to go, uh, even from a liberal perspective, if you have any hope to preserve your party. Because uh, at this point, Titanic is sinking. The question is, how many rats are going to go down with the ship? And as, as you've already seen, four have already fled, and I, I think that's just the start. I think once we get further in, Ottawa starts to clear out, when it's time to clear out, Announcements have been made, deadlines are coming, I think that's when you're going to see people scatter. 
and I think Justin's going to be left holding the bag. Uh, I don't... He's going to have a golden parachute. He is set for life. He was always born with a silver spoon. He's he's a privileged kid from the from the get-go. Uh, and then our, our governmental structure has guaranteed that even beyond his trust fund, he will be pensioned for life at a very, very good amount. Uh, so he will comfortably retire. Uh, you might see him work as a consultant for some big business that's effectively just giving him kickbacks for the bullshit favors he's done in the past. Uh, maybe he'll get a sweet book deal too. But he, he's got no need to work for the rest of his life. Uh, and honestly, it would do Canada just fine if he did nothing else for the rest of his life. Uh, I hope he lives a very, very long life. I hope he's in his 90s still reading tabloids of how terrible he was. I hope his legacy haunts him for decades. And this is where maybe I'm a little different than most. I don't wish him any harm. I don't wish him any ill. I hope he retires. I hope he gets to see his kids, his grandkids. I hope he gets to live life. But I hope his legacy haunts him. I hope someday on a rocking chair in the middle of nowhere, just relaxing with nature, I hope I hope he just sits there and realizes how shite he's been. And, and just how much of a terrible human he was. Uh, I, that's, that is my wish for pretty much every arsehole there is in all this. I don't wish anyone ill will. I just want you to leave me the hell alone. And I hope someday you, you struggle with your own conscience. Because uh, honestly, I don't think there's any harsher sentence. Uh, I, think, I think coming down hard is, is kind of a scapegoat. Sit with it and chew on it, because that's what you deserve. Uh, you really deserve to be haunted by your own ghosts. And further, speaking of Trudeau, I if anyone wants to start a change.org or a, or a parliamentary petition, uh, I just want to get it out there now, and, and I will be able to come back to this in 20 years and be like, I said it then, and I'm going to stick to it for the rest of my life. We need to start a petition to stop his kids from ever running for office. The last thing this country needs is another Trudeau in leadership, ever. I don't care what party, I don't care how different they are from old man, I don't care. That family has done so much damage to this country already in two generations, they don't need a third strike. They just don't. I don't care how nice your kids are. They don't belong in office. You're done. Give them the silver spoon and let them just do that. Speaking of done in office and, and just political ineptness altogether, uh, Doug Ford, that guy has... <laughs> and again, this is where having like a catalog of episodes is handy because I can just go back and show that, hey, I've always been pretty balanced and my position isn't largely spun by the winds of today. I've said for a long time, I don't like the landscape of the provincial election coming up in Ontario. Uh, certainly, Andrea Horvath is a terrible, terrible option. The number of times she's actually, like, gone so far off off the reservation, it's not even funny. Uh, at one point, she defended the, re- the Charter of Rights, the very next day, she apologized for defending the Charter of Rights. Um, she's called to have people's 
License is revoked for peacefully protesting in Ottawa. She's called to have child services brought into Ottawa. Just absolutely crazy. Um, so she's... I don't understand. I, I'll probably do a whole episode on the NDP and just how absolutely far left that that team has gone. Um, I voted for NDP. I grew up with Jack Layton, where NDP was the locked and loaded union vote. They were the working man's party. Uh, and then, really, ever since Jagmeet Singh came in and took over that party, it's just gone so damn left. It's it, it's sickening to see how far off off original base they've gone, um, where you've got massive leaders apologizing for defending charter rights. Um, it's just crazy. You go to an NDP rally, and it won't be unheard of to see a communist flag, uh, a flag from China. You've got you've got just straight up communists that are on board with them, and just like you see espoused to the right. Uh, every time there's a single Nazi flag, and don't get me wrong, that is wrong, and as it was, it was called out when it happened, immediately. However, you flip the script, and you see a communist flag at a liberal event or an NDP event, and nobody says anything. We don't talk about it, it's not a bad thing, it is literally welcome. Um, And to see the selective outrage when it's the other way around... It's just crazy to me. Uh, it's crazy to sit, to think that a party that I genuinely wanted to get in at one point has gone so far off the map. Uh, so Horvath in Ontario, a terrible option. Uh, I would I would literally vote for Kathleen Wynne before I voted for Horvath. Um, as far as the Liberals go, I think they're they're fielding Stephen DeLuca, who is literally like. The evil guy out of, like, the Minion movie. Uh, just a weird-looking fellow. It doesn't count for a lot, but it does count for a little. If you just look at somebody and be like, I don't trust you. I don't, I don't think I like you. You look weird. Um, it doesn't count for a lot, but it's just like when your dog doesn't like somebody that's over. You, you can't really justify it, but you're gonna, you're gonna go with it. If my dog doesn't like somebody, guess what? I don't like you. I can't figure it out, but he knows something I don't, and I, I trust his gut. I'm I'm going with my gut. Steven DeLuca is just crazy. He uh, also advocated to have third doses part of the vaccine man- passports. Um, and Lord help us, if they were running provincial, if when this all happened, uh, you would have had mandatory vaccinations across the board, no exemptions, no no nothing. Uh, it would have been savage. Um, so he's he's bad. Uh, I, I, the fact that they are basically in lockstep with the NDP again, being a very radical left. The the plan. I don't even want to like mischaracterize the fact that yes, the Liberals and the NDP as a party, provincial and federal, have gone very far left. However, I do want to highlight that specifically these two leaders are even farther left than the core of the party is itself. Um, so it's, it's a bad landscape. And I, I said, coming back to, to what got me started on this, I've said a few times, Doug Ford, I don't like the guy. I think he's 
terrible. I think he's way too manipulatable. Um, he's very malleable, as you would expect a Doughboy to be. Uh, he has absolutely no character, no spine. He will not stand up one way or another. No convictions and literally will change his position day to day. Uh, it really depends on who's rubbing his back or who's in his ear. But in the face of having a possible NDP or liberal leadership, I said, you know what? I'll take the devil I know. Uh, he's terrible, uh, but he's quite literally the the best of the three. And we're still going to dive into uh, my my vote now. Doug Ford is completely lost lost the plot. Declaring an emergency, trying to strong arm protesters at the bridges. Don't get me wrong. Again, I, I'm a balanced person. I said the bridges were a bold play. Probably not going to pay off. Um, but to declare an emergency, he has he has shown that any time he cannot politically get his way, he will literally just declare an emergency, get sweeping powers, and do whatever the hell he wants. Um, to me, that that has really revealed a character flaw that you cannot overcome. Uh, in my eyes, it's a fatal character flaw. He has gotten so punch drunk on the power that it's he's an addict now. Any chance he can, he's going to call emergency, and he's just going to do whatever he wants. He's going to steamroll, and uh, that and to hell with it. There's talks now of them putting in legislation banning all of protests on streets and sidewalks. Uh, I haven't seen the the literal writing of of the plan so far. Don't get me wrong, I uh, balanced. I think yeah, massive trade routes. I can understand why that might be illegal. Uh, we shouldn't. Unless you're in dire straits, and then at that point, legality really doesn't matter. Um, but we really shouldn't be choking out trade routes. I, and I might catch flack from that. I just, it's a bold move, and I don't think, I certainly wouldn't support it the other side. So I've got to keep it consistent. I don't think it's smart. I think it's, it causes more harm than, than it does getting your point across. Um, however, Ottawa, locking down the core streets of Ottawa, yeah, I know. Uh, again, with consideration, emergency lanes are open for, for emergency. But, uh, yeah, from a, from a social traffic standpoint, yeah, I, I fully support the legality of peaceful demonstration, all, however inconvenient it might be. Uh, I would say the same thing for a group I disagree with. Uh, if you had a, a group, say you've got a radical Islamic group uh, fighting for Sharia law in Canada. I wholeheartedly could not support that message, but if they're doing it peacefully, they're respecting the fact that we need emergency law roads, uh, and they're just being inconvenienced, or they're sorry, they're inconveniencing us. You know what? I, I, it's an example of it, or even the communists, for example. If you could get a ten thousand communists together and lock up downtown Ottawa again. Keeping in mind, you've got emergency roads open, and again, I don't think horns past 8 o'clock would be responsible. I can keep it consistent. It's a demo It's super inconvenient. It would suck to live there, but guess what? It's a democratic right. You have a right to peacefully protest. It doesn't have to be comfortable. It doesn't have to be convenient. It doesn't have to work for everyone. Um, so for them to declare what's going on in Ottawa a siege, an insurrection, 
a occupation. People just are bastardizing English. And I think that bugs me more than anything. Is they're literally just bastardizing English. But they're also just inflaming the language without actually having the facts to back it up. Uh, certainly, if it was an insurrection or a siege, we would see police make arrests. They're not arresting people because, one, they're not actually breaking the law. You can declare an emergency. You can call it an occupation. You can call it a siege. That doesn't make it so. And once you start arresting and charging people, you grant them their day in court, where you then have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt your, your, your assertions are fact. Uh, that's why you're not seeing people arrested. That and the fact that you start arresting people and you're going to... All those folks that were on the overpasses, guess what? They're going to mobilize because the people are already on... The people in Ottawa represent a huge group. Uh, and and politicians rightfully know they don't want to, to really activate that group. Uh, the group that's already activated has been plenty inconvenient for them. But if you activate the bigger base, it's going to be big problems. So I think they know it. Uh, also, it's not... They're, they're having a tough time to, to actually justify how this is quote-unquote illegal. So, we'll see. But Doug declaring emergencies, left, right, and center. He, he's like Oprah with emergency powers. Uh, and just handing it out left, right, and center. I think after declaring an emergency for Windsor, he's kind of sealed his fate. Uh, I think he kind of played the Aaron O'Toole card where he pandered a little to the left of center. Which, don't get me wrong, I think I think everyone has a say in a lot of this. Everyone's voice should be heard. But uh, to sweepingly declare emergency and then bring in the big big guns, I think it's stupid. I, I think there's a good reason you're not seeing it applied to Ottawa yet. Uh, I think this week is our chance to actually have resolution in Ottawa and in the country as a whole. As far as internal um, politics goes, so within the convoy and the protests and whatnot, uh, unfortunately, no matter how amazing they've been, and trust me, everyone that's been participating in this has been so, so intentionally peaceful and tactic, um, sorry, tactful. It's been so good. We are starting to see some, some cracks from within, though. Um, I got reports today that it looks like the main organizers have made a deal with Jim Watson, mayor of Ottawa. Uh, they're going to move some of the trucks out of the residential areas, move them to the more commercialized areas. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of people give blowback over this and say, oh, they're caving. They're No, no, like, give some grace. Uh, it's been over two weeks. We're going into our third week. Um, and you've got truck, I, I think that's reasonable. If if the city and the truckers can come to an, an agreement that, hey, you know what, these people these people in the highly residential area have paid a pretty large toll. If the city's going to open up other streets where that toll is smaller, I think that's a fair concession. I think that's a, a good olive branch from both sides. Um, however, you're already seeing the convoy-friendly groups uh, vilifying this action uh, as if they're they're caving and whatnot. So I, I just hope that we can re-solidify that and and not 
fall victim to the infighting. I think it, I think tactically it was a smart play to uh, to kind of centralize your resources as it is. But I do think that going into this week is going to be huge. Uh, you've got the vote for Candace Bergen's uh, plan that she's calling for a unanimous motion to end mandates. Undoubtedly, uh, that bill looks to have full support. Uh, you're going to have the Liberals vote it down because their the, their fealty to the king is unparalleled. But uh, Bloc Québécois has said they're on board. Uh, NDP have signaled they're on board. I worry about them because they are not in a position to fund an election. Uh, and they really are the kingmaker right now when it comes to tie-breaking. Uh, conservatives and Bloc Québécois and the four liberals that have left caucus now, uh, as well as the Green Party. People haven't really mentioned them. They're, they've got three or four seats, I think. Um, the polling results I've seen have the Green Party's support for the truckers at, at like 75%, uh, which, again, shouldn't come as a big shock. Uh, what's more shocking is the Liberal and NDP are not as for the working man rising up, um, which is, it goes against everything that that kind of built them. They were the, the small, small man's party and and the working class, and, and union rise up, and all of this stuff. And, and the conservatives have always been the big business bad guys. Somehow, we're living in upside-down world, and that's all flipped. However, with, with the Green Party, and I will, I will genuinely say this as a compliment to anyone that votes Green, uh, good job, guys. Like You, you stayed true to your, your f- convictions, and, and your ideological founding. So good on you for for again I I don't agree with a lot of the policies the Greens have suggested, but uh, I can genuinely respect uh, a a loyalty to your own belief system. Uh, so it it does seem the Greens will back the plan to end this and and map a plan out of the mandates. So it it does look like it will pass regardless this week. Uh, the question is, what will they do with that? Uh, I'm of the firm belief that Justin will just ignore it. Uh, regardless of the outcome of the vote, I think Justin's just going to ignore it. And I think that might be what sets off a call for an election. Uh, and we'll see how it plays out. I, I don't expect cooperation from Justin. But uh, nonetheless, we're going to be watching it. Uh, Justin... <laughs> I really hope he comes into this week and accepts a little bit of defeat. Uh, you saw it last week where he shifted. Uh, first week of the protests, it was racist, misogynists, swastikas, Confederate flags. That didn't stick. Last week, his trend was all, uh, people are tired of COVID. People are just, I get it, you're tired of COVID, but you can't take it out on, on Ottawa. I, th- I hope... This week, we see a little bit of acknowledgement that it's some of his fault. Uh, and it's not that people are tired of COVID. They're directly tired of mandates and authoritarianism and just all-around tyranny in your everyday life. So, we'll see. I have low hopes 
for all that, but we'll see nonetheless. And uh, with that, that pretty much maps out everything that happened last week and kind of frames up what we're looking at this week. Uh, we'll hopefully hear really good news tomorrow or today when this airs that uh, Dougie is going to bump it up. I, again, from what I'm hearing, it's not going to be quick enough. Uh, certainly not. But uh, nonetheless, we will likely do a second episode this week or going into the weekend just to touch base and see where we came with it. Uh, hopefully, we are soon to be back on our regular programming where we can just do a news section at the beginning and then carry on to a more topical conversation. Uh, but nonetheless, we will put the energy where it's needed for now. And right now, it's dealing with the shitstorm that the politics have caused. And the bastion of freedom Canada is really turning into. Uh, over the, the weekend, I got to see a lot of protests around the world. And I gotta say, it's it's pretty pride-inducing to see Canadian flags waved all around the world. Uh a, a thing that used to be strictly American, the the beacon of freedom and and resistance to ridiculousness. Uh, it's it's. I think we've claimed that flag. I think I think that torch has been passed to us now, uh, and I hope we can just do it justice and and hang on to it. But uh, nonetheless, we'll see what's to come, and hopefully we get some good news. And this week will result in a clear and concise win in the column of the good guys. Uh, until then, I hope you guys all have a great week. And uh, in the meantime, stay free, everyone.